0: I think we just crack into it because the thing you just told me about your <laughs> Friday afternoon at Latitude has angered me so much that I just want to get to it quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to whatever episode number this is of Gig Pigs. Well, it's certainly the 21st episode of Gig Pigs, unless it's the 22nd because of the self-esteem double. We don't even acknowledge that when we're talking about how complicated the podcast is. I think this is. will be unlabeled like basement sessions sort of stuff, I think. Well, basement and, and, tapes. and yet it's very important. It's, and covering yet, a, and and a yet, a yet festival. it's vital. Yeah, like, it's, this is the one that you send to your friends to say, get into this. Podcast. Yeah. He says before even recording what it's the like, I think we were pleased with, though. Of course, it was inevitably a bit one sided, the Glastonbury podcast, because only I was there. It was fun doing that review of a festival. Latitude, as we discussed at Latitude on the way back to the tent, is the second biggest. Oh, oh no, wait, hang on. The, the third big. Uh, no, hang on, The fourth. At the <laughs> moment where I claimed that Latitude was the second biggest festival in the UK. <laughs> and, and then we downgraded a few places and remembered a few others. It's what you do at 3 30 a.m. when all the live music is finished. At Latitude, the fifth biggest festival in the uk yeah we went to bed with it very much in the europa league uh, <laughs> and our criteria and we'd love to know your rundowns gigpigs podcast at gmail.com of course it's just size really and prestige but prestige and size do tend to go hand in hand you have to be able to camp at it so british summertime hyde park doesn't count for example but then we're saying primavera in the europa league by that definition oh, no, sorry no it's in the europa league as in it's like fifth or sixth not as in it's not competing against european festival no no, no but i mean your logic of you have to be able to camp oh. it means that you're saying that if we apply oh. that logic in spain primavera no. is like a uh, you no. know okay 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 <laughs> that's interesting alex that's interesting. I think, no, maybe in hotter climbs, camping's off the table anyway. If we said yes, of course it's hotter climbs, although I suspect... Uh, <laughs> you, want, you want to grapple onto something more firm than hotter climbs. It's, no, uh, no, I think like... we should all be grappling with the hotness of the climbs. Thank <laughs> you very much. <laughs> I don't think we're going to be camping anywhere very soon great take they, me yeah, yeah, we're yeah, not yeah, even yeah. camping anywhere very that's soon that's like you know, mean, you know videos for like charities or like a serious appeal around yeah, Christmas yeah, yeah. time where it's all the different celebrities Stop being it. like you've got to and then you're in the video Capaldi said something good Emily Blunt said something good I'm doing and it's like down, it's down doing to everything. Ivo Graham they've taken like mass migration and like our food supplies fucked and Graham's only really left with campings getting hard in southern Italy I wasn't even attacking the sort of tininess of my violin which obviously is tiny in comparison <laughs> to the other stuff but I more mean like That's not even the directive. It's not like camping at festivals will be off the table in the next five years. Like It's getting a bit hotter, sure. When I rolled in at eight at Glastonbury, I could have done with a slightly greyer, cooler morning to try and get three hours sleep in, which brings us to Latitude, which is actually pretty drizzly and glum. Um, Not what it needs when it's trying to hold on to its place in the Europa League. No. If you're doing best festivals in Europe, then you're assuming you're going to them as a tourist and you're factoring that in. Maybe, I guess, on the Spanish equivalent of Gigpigs, whose name (laughs) I'm not going to attempt to improvise, they would talk about British summertime Hyde Park as like, or, I don't know, sorry to be so London-centric, but all points east, where... Transmit. Or transmit in Glasgow, where they would come and do the same thing that people go to Primavera and do from the UK, where it's like, just treat it as a weekend that you just camp off site for. But... Obviously, from the perspective of living in the UK, it's like those are just individual days. Yeah, yeah. Man, this is... Cut all that bit out. Don't actually cut it out. <laughs> uh, I fear the last three minutes are the most on-brand thing that this <laughs> podcast could be, so I don't think we're cutting that. I think it's really get on board or don't. We <laughs> cut. cut out the European festivals for a variety of reasons. Rank the current UK festivals. Tina Park doesn't exist anymore, of course. I think that would have had a pretty firm place in the top five. Yeah. And where's Latitude? Answer, fifth or sixth. Fifth or sixth, and just hoping that more Saudi festival money doesn't start <laughs> glomming up the UK <laughs> concert scene to make it even less likely it can compete with the big boys. Don't attempt to sucker me into some comment about being able to camp in Saudi Arabia, because, <laughs> because uh-huh, I'll stop painting with those broad brushstrokes again, like that. I don't know why we're starting this with, if anything, it feels like damning with faint praise, the festival which very kindly booked us to do this live we did a gig pigs live from latitude three days ago it was great fun that will be coming out later in the summer we're talking about pulp with Sh- Shappy Sandy. but worth acknowledging that this will follow the arctic monkeys episode our sort of season finale our season finale because yes that was the end of season one and this is just a little bit of summer fun <laughs> yeah it's a Between Album, sir. Uh, it's Two More Years by Block Party. <laughs> or Flux by Block Party. Yeah, well, it's obviously very easy to say Flux, but I think Two More <laughs> Years is the cooler what's choice. What's the Intimacy one? Is it Talons? It's Talons. Man. Talons, I'm getting a better mark in point than both those. Yes, you are. And what's the category? <laughs> <laughs> we asked <are> spl- 100 <laughs> members of the phone. I mean, really, the answers range from two points to one or zero points there. I think we're getting low... Talent is a pointless answer for that question. I think if you ask a hundred members of the public at random, <laughs> the Flux is a pointless answer as well? Yeah. Yeah, I think it probably is. I think my experience of watching Pointless is that more things are pointless than you expect them to be. Right, And right. that's certainly true of the category <laughs> block party between albums singles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're really having to zoom in. You're really having to fuck with the y-axis there to have any kind of tension in that (laughs) thermometer of points. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I'd be absolutely delighted to. I mean, they tend to spread it in the final anyway. So it would sort of be, um, name one of these three things and it'd be along the topic of like, I'll be honest, Alex, I'm so far out of my comfort zone here. (laughs) <laughs> Let's crack on. It was such an intricate riff you're about to commence there. And the you topic just, would to be because I wasn't r- even going go for like the topic would be like Naughty's Indie, which obviously would be great if it was Naughty's Indie and name any block party norm album single, name any band that Johnny Marr worked with right. and <laughs> name do you want to do one? <laughs> No, I was just thinking about whether I could name more than the Cribs and Modest Mouse. Yeah, yeah. That's so that it. doesn't even really count. And Modest Mouse is American. Oh, you said British. Fair enough. Is a category that large? I'm glad Series 1 isn't being sullied by this <laughs> chat. <laughs> <laughs> but but I was actually thinking that the topic would be something even vaguer, like mids or like homeless things. Actors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and one of those subcategories would be... so. It would be very hard, and it is very hard. (laughs) Thanks for having us, Latitude. It was a treat. Genuinely, thank you so much for coming. It was very exciting to put some faces to some disembodied screaming to the voids. We didn't actually confirm at all that there was any faces being put to any disembodied screaming to the voids. They seem remarkably tolerant of our hogwash. (laughs) There must be a few people who are... I don't know how tolerant it would have been of the last 10 minutes. (laughs) Sure, sure, (laughs) sure. I think the pressure to make people laugh in person would have meant that two of the last 10 minutes would have been said live (laughs) maximum. Well, we were on a bit of a, it was a lovely, not necessarily a home run, but our brief was to talk about Pulp and broadly how great they were with fantastic comic who loves Pulp and had seen Pulp with us the night before and seen them many times before. And the vast majority of the audience had seen Pulp the night before. Latitude has a fantastic spread, but even at, if you're doing Glastonbury, there's like sort of seven or eight major headliners where it's like, yeah, sure. Most of the people there would have seen Pulp. I would genuinely love if there are any listeners who were at Latitude and were in the BBC introducing kind of a big fat second stage tent. Watching... Who was up against Pulp? I can't remember who was up against Pulp. I can't remember either. But I would love to hear what the vibe was because that would be, you talked in the Glastonbury episode about Phoenix being very appreciative of the non-Elton Johnners. Yes, exactly. In a not particularly well populated woodsies, but just... Playing it like it's the O2. Well, I think you're in a very bad situation if you're Phoenix at Glastonbury and Ivo's not there. <laughs> They're looking for me. They can see my brother. I saw my brother on the live feed. Brother and to have an absolutely terrific time. Anyway, I think we will talk about Pulp specifically and our fun we had talking about Pulp before the actual episode of that fun, which we release imminently. And we'll crack into Latin in a second, but just to say, well done and thank you to the, I'd say probably about, A dozen people over Twitter, Instagram, email, and indeed Rajiv via WhatsApp, who successfully kind of hive-mind Shazammed Maisie Adams' The The song. So many that it made me quite annoyed. I love This Is The Day. It's a real (laughs) bonding song for me and my brother. And I've listened back to Maisie's, and she does a great job of what she admits is quite an embarrassing thing, singing a song she sort of wants to know, but doesn't know what it is, and on a podcast. So she does a great job but I didn't think it was as obvious but the response is in they came. Rajiv with a little bonus not boast but he mentioned that it wasn't the first time he's performed such a service. <laughs> he also once recalled instant crush by Daft Punk and Julian Casablancas for the benefit of Adam Hess. <laughs> what a lovely glimpse. How much money would I have paid to be in there for that moment? <laughs> Five pounds. Yes. Well it's just very exciting to know that we kind of have a hive mind at our disposal. The wisdom of crowds and the wisdom of Rajiv. Yes. Perhaps we just sort of volunteer songs to do one each at the end of the episode. Okay. I don't mind that actually. <laughs> I right, do our right. own intros. But range. I can't think of, I want to use it, I want to use it like the bat signal. I don't want to be like, haha, I've got a bat signal, let's turn it on. But oh. I've already beaten up this criminal. I want to save it for when I have a criminal, brackets, song, that I want to beat up, brackets, be told what it is when I only know the tune. I'm afraid I have a very different attitude too. If people think there's a wolf when I said there's a wolf, I can't wait to make them think (laughs) there's a wolf. (laughs) The boy who cried, brilliant. I got the whole town to come along. So thank you very much if you got in touch on that business and indeed for those who've been in touch about the episode, we received a fantastic email from Callum Henry, which we're not going to go through in full because it addresses many historic gigpigs points. But it does say, it validates us both in a delightful way. Here's my take on the Arctic Monkeys debate. I do mostly agree with the Guardian comment that Alex read out. Now, there was some flack in the room about Alex reading that Guardian comment in full. And I'll be honest, I was surprised it stayed in. (laughs) Because I think we back our own journalistic instincts and those well i guess it was a terrific comment from the guardian their comments often are but it was just a great moment when Maisie said like get a life or something (laughs) and and you were like halfway through it and it wasn't explicitly clear whether she was referring to the commenter or the person reading it out i'll take it it's fair fair cop and then he says i personally am a fan of the albums the debut favorite worst nightmare they're not as much suck it and see tbhc the car i adore suck it and see like ivo the last five songs are incredible I do not really care for Humbug and A.M. Unfortunately, when I went to see them at the Emirates on the Saturday this year, the setlist was very mainstream appeal. Hardly any of the songs I wanted, unfortunately. I cheered when Perfect Sense came on as those around me in the seated area sat down or went to the toilet. <laughs> Solitaire o'clock, as Maisie <laughs> would have it. Me and my friend who I went to see it with agreed that our perfect setlist would be much like the one Ivo shared a while ago that included a certain romance, do me a favour, that's where you're wrong, writs to the rubble. Those are the best in my opinion. Those four and knee socks, basically my... F- My favorite Arctic Monkeys songs. So thank you, V, much. And thank you, Colin for the other points in the email, which we may raise at a later date. (laughs) Let's get to Latitude. So exciting to go to a festival together, Alex. For quite a short period of time, we were only at Latitude for 36 hours for me, about 24 for you. Yes, that's pretty much it, yes. We travelled there separately. I attempted a foolhardy truck festival in Oxfordshire, Latitude festival in Suffolk, double on the Friday. You were on site at what time? I was on site at about half past midday so that I could see the Nottinghamshire Sprex Gang. Is that the right way of saying it? I never Spreshed know. I never sang. know. Spreshes gang. Gang? Spang. I know. I don't Anyway, know. they're speaking when they're singing, but also he's got a lovely voice. So, yeah, I made it to see Do Nothing, which are a band I love. of so the second time I've seen them live, last time. At Green Man in 2021, just coming out of the pandemic. What a treat. And it was good to see them in great form at the larger second stage at latitude at lunchtime and i thought they gave a great where were they more appreciated green man or latitude i think probably if we're honest green man because there was an exciting it was a late night slot and it was on one of the smaller stages and it was like a classic hyped band small stage too big big overspill backwards and there were even sort of a bit of waterlog like having to get around like large pools of water so like, i had more fun seeing them at latitude's Just a few days ago, but a green man, there was something electric about. There's always something electric about a kind of this banner, too big for this stage. That's always good. Here's another dangerous point to venture, particularly when it comes to sort of biting the hand that so generously fed us. We had a bell tent. We didn't ask for a bell tent. I'm very loyal to my pop up, but thanks for the bell. It was great. (laughs) And my pals, Will and Matt, were able to sleep in it as well. It was great. We'll get to that. However, latitude has this fantastic broad cultural lineup it's fantastic for families i'd love to bring my daughter there maybe next year and it has amazing music and huge headliners and arguably bigger pull in terms of like getting a band like pulp green man strikes me and i've been once but only to do a comedy gig and very in and out that it's so devoted to music and it's got such reputation as being like for music fans and maybe also because it's sort of in Wales in August, it's more likely to rain and be sort of like enjoying this despite everything. Would it be fair to say that there are more passionate music fans sort of pound for pound at Green Man than there are at Latitude? Yeah, I think so. I think, look... I'm prepared, I think, to have quite a 180 pivot on Paolo Nutini is a take here that I enjoyed the sound check wafting over into our bell tent in the morning and I enjoyed fragments of him <laughs> as we were walking out of the site. Doesn't on. feel like a 180. <laughs> no, okay, <laughs> a sort of a, one, a 120 degree angle if you want to get really mathematical where like I move from complete... Antipathy to uh, sort of moderately positive, so I think I'll give him the time of day over the next couple of weeks. I think he's earned that. What but do you mean the time of day? You're going to seek him out, or just yeah? I think I'm going to, I'm going going to, from to listen. I'm going to listen to this is Paolo Nutini on Spotify the a bit over day. the day. I'll give him the week. time of day for the next couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what generosity of spirit? I, well, you know what, you know, Paolo, the check sounded okay from a yeah. distance. You woke me up nicely and soundtracked me leaving the site nicely, yeah. but not so much that I was tempted to. Turn turn around because no. also we weren't going to watch him i mean this is a huge spoiler we didn't watch any saturday headliners that was a very mazy way of saying that you're not getting a paolo nutini at green man a very mazy way a very mazy m-a-z-y rather than A very mari way of saying a very sean McLaughlin way of saying all great guests all great guests and so you're not getting a Palantini at Green Man, I think. I think Palantini is two Or George Ezra is two. Yeah, and I think you're not getting a Kooks, a George Ezra, or Pal- So I think. Latitude I think have a lovely balance where they're kind of they are going for some big mainstream and sort of family acts that can go for those and then they're also getting Pulp one of the greatest bands of all time yeah. and Young Fathers and Do Nothing at but Green Man is more like we're maxing out on sound readers and Pitchfork readers yes if you crack a joke about the Pitchfork review system to a random passing stranger at Green Man it's more likely to go down well than a random passing stranger at Latitude yeah at Latitude they're like sorry could you get out of the way we're trying to get to the kids <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand this joke about everything everything getting slated by pitchfork unfairly throughout their career Even you sort of reporting it in a sort of improvised bit doesn't sound like a joke (laughs) Sounds (laughs) sounds like a a, a gripe that I'm very familiar with I'll lunge handily in a way that will sell rhythmically when the confused father is meant to laugh but yeah, I think- let him go on the Helter Skelter on his own and let me tell you about I think it might I think it might even be Laura Snapes actually, who I think is great. But I think no. Snapes oh. tucked in. And if I'm wrong on that, I will obviously issue a formal apology in the next episode. Or I think to. maybe Snapes is like a later everything everything reviewer on Pittsburgh <laughs> that gives them solid seven point threes rather than jarring five point ones. Can't wait to check that. Also, I mean while you're talking about Panini, yes, I had exactly the same <laughs> passive relationship. Oh, I was in those same two places with you at the start and end of the day, getting uh, Nutini in the wind. I'd love zero to 120 being something that we say more often. Not to I naught to 120 on someone where you go from full hate to moderate to But bit, it's not even full hate. I know next to nothing about Panaretini. Mm. I don't think he's an egregiously mainstream act. I think he's like got some quite Folksy and Rocky like licks to him, and my aunt loves him. Well, so absolute free pass to that. And then I found out on Saturday that my friend Lily was so excited to go and watch him with her mum, who she'd brought to Latitude, and it was her mum Sheila's twenty-first time seeing Nutini Wow, fair enough is what I can <laughs> and do and will say. So I'm afraid it's not not one twenty. It's like don't have hatred sixty to eighty. I think Palo Nutini is one of those, almost in like a non musical taste sense. There are a number of albums from the noughties that occupy a sort of like peak or like. Just before the dying days of physical record sales, that would be Paolo Nutini. I think that album. Like, I've never listened to it, but it's so like I can th- picture the front cover so vividly, and it occupies a kind of almost like Duffy. I picture the front cover, but like What's Duffy, got, Duffy, the, the one that's sort of red and orange and yellow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's like one of the we ones that I bet if we it, looked at it, it would have one we of the both highest did individual sales. prep for this episode. It's just astonishing. But I'm obsessed with it. that There's just like ten to twenty albums from that period that you would put like Kaiser Chief's Employment, you would put like Keen Hopes and Fears, you put like Snow Patrol, that Snow Patrol album, (laughs) (laughs) Final Straw. Straw. And I would put Pound and Nutini in that category of like album that like a lot of young people listen, but also would just surge a couple of big singles and then like Radio One play and then just like loads of mums and dads have bought it as well. And that's like Duffy's in that category of like the last gasp of like big physical sales before they are kind of ruptured by Napster and streaming and far sharing. Isn't the broadly received wisdom that while the internet and modern factors have absolutely kneecapped almost every tier of the mm. physical album industry, the top tier, the sort of supermarket, Adele and Lewis Capaldi are still shifting. Yes. Huge. Well, Huge Nutini, not that, But what I mean is that a lot of those acts sort of had like a big album and then maybe didn't ever quite replicate those. I mean, not true with Snow Patrol, Snow Patrol kept going up and then keen of sort of did a few albums where they maybe didn't hit hopes and fears but had very like strong commercial. But I think there's a few you know the kooks I think the kooks are an example of that where I don't think that they quite replicate the success of that big album I don't think they did quite replicate the success of it <laughs> I, d- I, d- I, d- I, d- I think. Sorry, you're just a you're just a man that looks like he thinks I'm talking absolute bollocks. No, no, not is- at all. <laughs> You'd struggle to find a single person in the world who thought the Kooks had replicated the success of their first <laughs> album. Surely. <laughs> Conk? Any conch defenders at gigpigspodcast at gmail.com? I saw kooks off the back of Conk. Well, not off the back of it. I was like, conch is maybe want to go and see them Why is it called Conk? Conk looks like there's a spelling error that they're trying to do a self titled album. I believe it was the name of the studio that they recorded it at. But I mean, yeah, it's a shame amongst many shames. And the strokes recorded in that studio called Strong. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes the its likes Are just so full of wonderful Like historical and cultural depth And sometimes they're just Say great, the words strong They're just great funny words He's got everything But also Whilst you do have everything Uh <laughs> I'd say I was taking us off the piste for the first ten minutes of this episode, and now and, and now we're in sort of now at the <laughs> beach, musing about off the, the mountain sort of, The commercial, the inability of Paolo Nutini, who we didn't watch, to replicate the success of an album whose name you can't remember. All oh, songs I've heard this from is not front and centre in our lives. It's vintage review. gig pigs. <laughs> But we did have a lot of fun at Latitude and some stuff we should cover. Okay. You watched Do Nothing. You enjoyed them. Then you watched Georgia, who we've covered for this Well, podcast. i watched a bit of the Beths before. And actually, I have a Latitude regret, which is to not... Probably not to have watched all of the Beths set and then just caught the second half of Georgia's set. Because I really felt uh, the Beths were having a really great gig and started with a, an absolute clutch of bangers. So the stages are close enough to each other that you can make these doubles quite easily. Yeah. Which is obviously... Very, very dangerous to the likes of me, and it turns out you. Where <laughs> it's so much better to be forced to commit and then and, and invest. I watched the best, smash it, and then I ran off after about five or six songs of the better New Zealand indie rock band, very funny and heartfelt lyrics. Can't recommend um, the best enough. Amazingly, we occasionally have gone to gigs in London. We haven't even <laughs> podcasted about. And you saw the best in London. About I saw a the best in May. Yeah, and yeah, they're wonderful. And again, we're we're very lucky that you were at Latitude, deciding who to see between two. Act You Love, who you've seen recently. Yeah, lovely to have a lovely clash like that. But I saw about six songs of the Bats, and then I scarpered to Georgia. And then it was great because I just caught the f- sort of the 32nd in moment of Started Out. So it was a very good song to be running over to the stage to being like, this is definitely the opening of the gig. I've not missed anything. And I've nailed this double up because I know she always starts with that. Oh, well done. What a feeling. It was great. The Beths were maybe a bigger audience of the Beths than Georgia on the set. I don't know. And just inside, when it's like three in the afternoon, four in the afternoon, I think sometimes, if you're doubting which of a clash to go for, maybe go for the indoor one if it's afternoon because there's always that better at mode than I think being so. in the sun. Yes, the obelisk, the main stage at Latitude is obviously amazing. It's very cute as well. There's something cute about the kind of vibe You know, it. the sort of family vibes extend quite far forward. And for a lot of acts, you really can get quite far forward quite easily, which is lovely. But it makes it harder for gigs to feel like events yeah. Would that be fair to say, in yeah, the same way yeah. that they can do in a dark, sweaty indoor tent. Yes. But the thing I was excited about for Georgia was that when I'd watched her in April with Anya, I'd noted down a particular song in my WhatsApp notes at the gig describing the song as wind machine in hair 80s keening one that then transitions into basement jack style where's your head at riff and then at the georgia gig she played a song and then she covered about a minute of where's your head at so i felt very validated to have felt that there was a similarity there i was driving from oxfordshire to suffolk seeing these breathless texts come in from you to our (laughs) georgia whatsapp group with anya i mean like Keels is having a lovely time at Latitude. <laughs> He's already in mad wish fulfillment destiny territory. He's having a great Friday afternoon. And little did you know that I had a slight best regret actually that entire time. Yeah, yeah. No, I I pop didn't. the regrets in the WhatsApp for me to see him stand still <laughs> traffic. No, Georgia is one of, one of my favorite artists going, and I had a lovely time at. Uh, and then, you, what a privilege for you after Georgia, <laughs> you get to see a band that I've repeatedly told you <laughs> are one of the best bands I've ever seen live, Kids Confidence Man, on the main, a band who can transform even the sort of slightly potentially apathetic family vibes of the obelisk into an all-field rave up who will win you round with songs you'll never have heard before but they will make such instant sense and you'll be singing the choruses by the second time round they'll be dancing they'll be gyrating i bought you a ticket to watch confidence (laughs) man in birmingham so that we could do a podcast about it you you owed it to me to see confidence man so much and obviously dear listener what ivo has done there with that long long build-up is to imply that i did not in fact watch confidence man and i was quite angry what do you, with you got me some dinner didn't. or something <laughs> i think i got quite a disappointing souvlaki but you must have been near like listen the I was nature near of it. Enough. you must I have it near. Waft- you must have got a set. wafting it doesn't waft it grabs you by the throat <laughs> look I really like Confidence Man. I'm seeing them when I go to Green Man. I know that that's happened. I've got Confidence Man Unless in the bag. The souvlaki appears. They, they, it's illegal to serve Greek food in Wales. So I had to take the Greek food in hand, <laughs> knowing that I would be able to catch Confidence Man at a later date. <laughs> Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one Crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. No, I watched, I got Holiday at the end of their set, which I really enjoyed, and I really enjoyed its underworld Born Slippy vibes. Now you do their new song with DJ Seinfeld. It's just, (laughs) I love them. I missed them. I thought there was a loose chance of me getting them, but Friday traffic and bell tent faff, heavy hangs the head, (laughs) meant that there was no chance of that. And in fact, I then didn't make it to you and my friends, Matt and Will, who'd also beat me there until right at the end of Metronomy. My aim became, could I locate you for the look, which I was fairly sure from both previous set lists from when I'd seen them and also just the purest internal logic in the game, that the look would be somewhere near the end of Metronomy set. And I didn't quite make it to you. Did you have a nice time at Metronomy? Or was that Sue Vlacky O'Clock as well? No, Metronomy, a band that I like the look, but I don't think I've given them their full due. And I thought it was brilliant. It was really fantastic. I don't know what their full dues are. I love lots of Metronomy songs. But you love the English Riviera. Yeah, and I find some Metronomy songs actually quite frustrating. And I find some of their live decisions quite frustrating. And I didn't quite get to you for The Look. After The Look, they played a very popular Metronomy song and lead single, I think, of the album, the same name, Love Letters. I'd love to know if there's a person in this world who loves <laughs> the look as much as I do and can't be asked with love letters as much as I can. It's a huge so range. you want to know if there's anyone that's like, oh, the look was pretty good, and then it's like, love letter? Like, <laughs> is there anyone that didn't see it as an anti-climax right into Gig Pigs? If there's someone who likes love letters more, please email in why, but I would like min 50 words. It's a slightly baffling to me. And then like they did at Glastonbury last year, I believe they finished with this sort of old instrumental sort of rock out I think you could easily have me and I like the old it's like when I saw them at the Roundhouse they finished with an old song which I think is V potent called Radio Ladio <laughs> her name is R A D I Oh, again, you're getting on board with that. You don't even know what I'm doing. (laughs) And also it's warming up very nicely for F-E-E-L-I-N-G-C-A-L-L-E-D-L-O-V-E by Pulp later on. Yes. A lovely sequence of words being spelt out into the evening. (laughs) Look, as someone who really only knew the look, I really liked it. And I actually came away thinking, having only heard The Bay for the first time, I think, is The Bay better than The Look? I really like the Bay. I think the Bay from first play is hitting very hard and has got lots of room for improvement. And I could add Metronomy to the Pallonitini <laughs> time of day playlist I'll be constructing over the next couple of days. But no, I thought it was great. And I suppose... I wouldn't is- mind listening to them soundtrack for my bell <laughs> tent. The new- I-, I, wouldn't- I wouldn't kick them out of bed. <laughs> I wouldn't kick them out of my bell tent. Yeah, <laughs> sound checking. <laughs> but yeah, I think what you were saying about Metronomy is... Other people were saying that they find sometimes Metronomy's live versions a little frustrating. And I think I was lucky because I'm coming from a perspective of not really knowing their oeuvre well enough. That I was just very excited to experience it in that setting and not know whether they were deviating the way that was frustrating from the. Sometimes text. the casuals will have more fun, I suppose. <laughs> Don't love anything, it'll only disappoint you. I don't know enough Baroque ways of representing Christianity to find a slightly happy-clappy guitar way of doing Christianity a frustrating deviation from the way the Lord should be represented. I see. That's not about metronomy, is it? It's not... No, that's just about... It's um, just an it's my- that's just about prefer <laughs> That's just about preferring trad high Anglicanism to a sort of Let it all hang out, kind of late 20th century evangelicism. You like to be miserable in a cold church. Yes, please. With a big (laughs) organ. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) That big organ makes my organ big. (laughs) (laughs) Um. (laughs) Oh, you could clip it up for socials, but (laughs) what would the context be? Yeah, yeah. Taylor Swift fans and evangelicals. Those are the two people you don't want to piss off when you're doing a podcast. I think we'll keep it buried in the the long form version. I I mean, I also just don't like having been rude about metronomy. (laughs) because <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I think i love so many metronomy songs they just don't always play all the ones that i want them to play which is such a stupid objection anyway then we watch pulp you are <laughs> outstanding and that will be covered in our pulp episode Then we head to the woods, where I have my own confidence man regret. We get to the woods. We have a sprawling group that doesn't really have a single set plan. The woods is dominated by, and I'm sure perhaps it's been booked deliberately, a four-hour DJ sort of collective called Common People. DJ Collective is generous. It's some lovely lads in bucket hats jumping around while playing all of the biggest rock songs of the 90s, including, while we were there, Common People by Pulp, which we just heard, and Disco 2000 and Babies, I think, Mm. and Loads of Oasis, and Loads of Blur, and Praise You by Fatboy Slim. And it was great, but one of our core arguments of the weekend (laughs) was about whether, like, you were just like, yeah, I was delighted to hear Disco 2000 again. And I'd have liked it a third time. And I said, let's put it on a speaker in the bell tent and see whether you like it then. And you said, we have (laughs) neighbours. See, I think I was so tired. I was on such a liminal space before sleep that I don't even remember saying that. But it does sound like the sort of thing I would have said at four in the morning in a bell tent. No one is more respectful of their neighbours in the liminal space than you. (laughs) (laughs) That's my favourite way of being described a fun sponge ever. (laughs) Respecter of the neighbourhood liminal space, Alex Keeley. So we could tell this common people thing was going on when we got there, but we weren't being drawn towards it immediately. I was very happy to let the experience having seen Pulp themselves live just stay within me and seek out, ideally, some electronic music. Then we're sort of waiting. Some people are getting drinks from a bar. And my friend Will is rather taken by a curry stand. <laughs> <laughs> and as Tom Parry, one of the stars of the weekend, observed... What a strange time for a curry. And we got a simply enormous amount of curry. (laughs) It was from a place called Tika The curry toast was outstanding. The paneer curry was too heavy. The samosas were frankly unnecessary. But we were eating so much curry, deciding what to do with our night, weighing ourselves down with carbs. And I found out later on that Confidence Man had been doing a DJ set, I reckon, 50 meters away. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we were in it. We were in the DJ set. There's no way that some of that's not washing over us. But that curry toasty was so powerful I've been as to obsessed. overwhelm any other sensory data. I've been obsessed with the idea of catching one of Confidence Man's DJ sets. I was annoyed to miss it at Clastonbury. And it'd be my closest to possibly having a high five or a fist bump with Janet Planet or Sugar Bones. <laughs> I had my Tilt t-shirt in my bag, and I was talking about curry toast. And Latitude, again, it's a great festival, worthy of its place in the top seven UK festivals that you have to <laughs> camp at. But the night event... I'm wearing stare into the abyss of the Conference League <laughs> there for, for Latitude. Listen, you're still in Europe, if you're not including the European festivals. <laughs> be confusing. <laughs> But there's a few good things happening at night, but it's not like an infinite amount. And they do end very firmly at three. So you don't want to be distracted by curry if your favorite band are doing a DJ set 75 meters away. <laughs> I've taken it back. It couldn't have been 50. Oh, yeah. It was like 20 meters away. So we eat our curry. We do a bit of common people. I get sucked into charging a friend of a friend's phone for, well, initially a triumphant period of time, but then we discover when I go to return it that it hasn't been charging and that creates an air of genuine resentment on both sides. (laughs) So I then have to do another period of charging the phone and being all together in that group. Just always check you've plugged in your portable chargers to the stranger's phone because otherwise you'll catch yourself having to make, I'd say, one of like the most... Degrading apologies. <laughs> a group had formed around us. If you me, hand off friends Will and Matt, but we all went, what's he gonna be on? 20%? 25%? <laughs> I pulled it out and went, it wasn't plugged in. And Will said, I didn't even think it might be naught. <laughs> so that was a low point of the night out. But then we did return to our campsite, with the exception of Alex, triumphant at having danced a little bit to someone who I think was called DJ Anna, but some scuzzy beats. Yeah, yeah, We got some scuzzy beats at the close. We made it back to the yurt. Alex fell asleep almost immediately. We had a long hypothetical about whether you would ever drink cold soup from a can at a festival. Do you remember that? I do remember that. What were the pros and cons? What were the, no, no. What were the extreme takes of the BBC were platforming on both sides? Helping muddy the waters of debate rather than just representing a sort of reasonable centre of opinion. I think the pros are vaguely nutritional and something to do. And (laughs) the cons are cold, bleak, inconvenient. And the specific hypothetical design is not obviously that you're bringing it with you. As in like, this will be good. And also you have to open a tin and do with that. Obviously not. I boiled it down to this. Although, crucially, it's not boiled. It's cold. (laughs) I have presented you, Alex, or you the listener, I've been holding a can of cold soup. You've been thinking, what's he doing? You've been judging me, but it hasn't affected you up until this point. Then I give you my cold soup to hold while I go to the loo or whatever. And then I don't come back from the loo. I send you a text saying I've gone home for whatever reason. You now have full custody of this cold soup. Yes. And you're still on your night out. Is there any world in which you don't just bin it immediately? You've got it now; it's yours. Do you Weirdly, I remember sip this precise. Food. I actually now remember this precise framing of this hypothetical. Yeah. Now it's coming out from the liminal I space. I was delighted with the framing. No, I'm bin- There's no world that I don't. you bin don't just it. Hold- I think maybe holding- am, I am I in a club? You're am in I a, in a You're in a crowded bit of a festival. You're not near a bin. Mm. It's you're just holding it. Like you must be. It's not even a talking point. Just- it's not even a talking point. It's like nothing. Maybe, it's maybe you're on your own actually for a bit. Yeah, you're on your own as well. Your only companion is the soup. You're not sipping it a little bit. No, your favourite soup. Favourite soup. Favourite soup. My favourite Pe- soups just have to be in the van of warm or hot. There's no soup that I have that's favourite that's cold. I don't even it's like. It's not a better cold, but it's just there. It's in your hand at a festival. It's it's, it's a bird. A. It's a you probably haven't eaten. You it it for off. four hours. Well, it doesn't spark me joy. I'm throwing it into a wooded glade. Okay. Fair enough. The soup's in the glade. We get a solid night's sleep in the bell. We wake up on Saturday morning. We have a shower. Will and Matt have left Latitude by this point, having ended a blitzkrieg single night at the festival. And then we enjoy and occasionally endure a Saturday Dominated by rain and pre-podcast anxiety, would you say? <laughs> yeah, that that does really sum it up. What did we see earlier in the day? That was we watched Susie Ruffle absolutely smash it in the comedy tent, stunning, and that stunning was work, wonderful. From Susie. We had lovely chats with various friends in the comedy world in and around the comedy tent. We did a bit of admin at the Listening Post where we were to do our podcast. We crucially caught, of course, Lightning Seeds. The last song of... It was a real, like, Hamlin Pied Piper. Oh, this is When was a, it's so funny to I'd see. say this is at my if moment have seen latitude, it a festival, it's very and funny. And I wish that I'd filmed it as we went, because we'd had this already. I'd been running solo through a crowd to try and get to you for the look the previous day. You, by the sounds of it, had been sort of trying to catch Georgia in turn for the start, even though you came to regret that the previous day. I was trying to get us to wrap up our podcast admin and you can see whether that was me trying to skimp on prep was a good decision when the episode comes out in a few (laughs) weeks time and actually to be fair what cost us three lines and what also cost us the life of Riley which they played beforehand where I gather that Tom Parry and Pappy's producer and festival legend He's at Graston Barry this weekend. Quinn Davis were, during the Life of Riley, shouting the names of people who might have won Gold of the Month in the 90s because it was a soundtrack to Gold of the Month in the 90s. So they were just watching Life of Riley going, Yaboa, which I love. And I would have loved to have been there, but I was having a very sweet video call with my daughter, enjoying the listening posts, backstage Wi Fi. Family must come first. Anyway, I wrap it up. We do a bit more podcast admin. And then I'm like, wait, I think we can still catch it. And as we're running towards, and I'm making you run towards mm. the obelisk, you can hear three lines starting. And like lots of other people are running towards it. It's, it's mad. It's like we're all dogs and someone has blown a silent whistle, a high-pitched whistle that only dogs can hear. Because it's not everyone's running. Everyone running. That's like, oh, that's a panic. There's some kind of, sort of terrorist attack mm-hmm. happening. Whereas like... 8% of people all just running towards the same thing it's like who's blown that whistle that only these people can hear <laughs> like it's just very funny watching it happen It was just all people trying to experience Three Lions Live which we did not in the group but not, not together group, but we were together which you know who cares um, <laughs> no it was nice and to be fair Alex I said it I'm was I'm keeping nice. my shirt resolutely on sorry I know I'd planned a video I was going to do with Gwyn because he's a devout Welsh football fan and it was going to pan across Tom and Ben almost certainly with. Their tops off, singing along, and then Gwyn standing unmoved. I just <laughs> wanted to do that lid. <laughs> Luckily, I put all of that horrible energy into making Shappy do an excruciating photograph with us for a pun after the podcast. So that's something. But yes, I watched it with you. That was nice. It is a great song. They've stopped even changing the number of years of hurt and just saying all those years of hurt. I referenced your great tweet about all the years of hurt. So Thank that you. must have felt like a bespoke compliment from a begrudging man. <laughs> felt great and then we joined the gang and we watched basically the only music act we properly watched on the Sunday start to finish in increasingly inclement weather but what a lovely band The Big Moon The Big Moon hit after hit just a lot of bangers starting strong which just quick in the context of like hits being songs like Three Lions where festivals will run towards it it's great song after great song your casual music fan is not recognizing no no songs. no sorry these are not necessarily like big crossover hits but just i really <laughs> thought look at us as a big moon sort of medium to high fan i was almost like worried for them because they just started with about five songs in a row where i'd say four were like some of their biggest bangers oh and what's it called like, your wide eyes yeah your wide eyes or wide eyes and then i think they played like take a piece and Barcelona And They were ripping it They were ripping it And I was like What have you got left in the tank? And I was like Oh yeah Two very good songs At the end of the And they were charming help. About the rain coming down Unlike Paul Heaton Who apparently spoke too much About him being dry And the audience being wet Right right on. Scandal I really recommend The Big Moon. And yes, if you listen to the sorts of bands that we talk about on this podcast, the sort of more like indie bands like Always or whatever, you'll have heard The Big Moon. But I think it can be summed up in the question that I asked Ben Clark at one point where I said, (laughs) do you know this song like EG from Discover Weekly? (laughs) And he said, no, but it's great. And there's your recommendation. Well, yes, And it, it was so good. I did a sort of mini cry in the first song because I just find it a very this repressed man is song. going all out with his compliments. He didn't mind Palu almost cry. No, it was sort of a, like I really welled up listening to Wide Eyes because it's not something I've experienced yet. But about your world being shaken up when you become a mother and things that you think that mattered loads. Not mattering as much in comparison. There's a line about like so drenched that the rain doesn't bother you Uh, anymore. Yes, it was raining a lot during it, but it's a very beautiful, very beautiful song. Don't love hearing you're being moved by that thing about parenthood, despite not being a parent. So hot off the heels of the back of my wrapping up a WhatsApp video call with my daughter to watch Three Lines. But there we go. <laughs> Festivals are a juggle. <laughs> um, I told an, another friend who was a parent about my video call versus Three Lines dilemma, and he said, Oh, I got that done this morning. <laughs> now, that was basically the last music we watched because we then went and did a podcast about pulp. We had a lovely time doing that. And then we really did betray the ethics of the podcast, but I think made a decision which we don't regret. We were not going to watch Paolo Nutini despite his delightful check. We were going to watch Young Fathers, who we've talked about. I have certainly talked about being at the Glastonbury episode as being the best thing I saw at Glastonbury. They are a phenomenal live act. Also, we were able to enjoy Pappies, the stars of the weekend, as they almost always are if they're at a festival with you, the bringers of joy. They were on after us at the listening post. That was going to take us through to Young Fathers. We were going to have a great time there. And then we were both going to drive back in our separate cars for our respective reasons late on Saturday night. And instead, elated to have done the podcast and I think done justice to it, but tired and wet and worried about the next day. And with me having seen Young Fathers at Glastonbury and with you seeing them at Green Man, we made a very clinical decision and we left Latitude at 9.30 p.m. With Pallonutini wafting (laughs) wafting (laughs) Wafting through the branches and into our ears and making us do some moderate life changing decisions. Yes, and I do stand by that. But while I think we've covered a lot of ground in this episode, some of it, amongst the nichest things we've ever committed <laughs> to tape. Which festivals are in the European Conference League? <laughs> no, but then what would the other categories in a final round of Pointless where one of the subcategories were block party between album tracks? I'd like to apologise No, for I, I just think your stand-up is just like so not a false advert for like something like that happening on a podcast you're involved with. Like if you found your way to gig pigs, you saying something as intricate and pointless as that is... Don't mind intricate, don't love pointless. Well, pointless in the, in the sense of the TV show that you're referencing. Thank you, good, good <laughs> save. Love to be able to suddenly capitalise a P and, and run free. Um, well, thank you so much for listening to we this We loved Latitude, though series. admittedly we didn't spend that much time there. We mainly enjoyed one band who we haven't talked about here because it's on a separate episode. And then we missed the best live act for food for two different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> we missed Goblin's Band for a Sue Blackie and a curry. But we had a lovely time at Big Moon. We're sure Paola was great. The reviews in that Lily and her mother, Sheila, thought was absolutely fantastic. And presumably Sunday at Latitude was great as well. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever was We're, on then. Weren't even there. But yeah, thanks for listening. Do get on that Extra Swill playlist. I'll put on a few of the songs referenced in our chat just now onto that. So that's Gigpig's Extra Swill on Spotify. And we'll be back next week with something. But until then, bye.